I'm going to lean into video because that's how the world operates now. That's how attention operates. So even as a copywriter where you're taught in the first six months of copywriting is um, AIDA, attention, interest, decision, action. And people always skip the first one <laughs> for some reason. That's what you figure out in agencies. That's why people come to agencies is because they say, well, we've been telling everybody that we have this product for years and nobody hears us. So it's, you haven't got anybody's attention yet, right? So that's the thing people skip and forget. I'm starting with video because I want your attention first and I can communicate a thing to you quickly. If you pass that relevancy test, I'll get you to read. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. Video communication becomes easier and more widely used. People from across the world can find themselves working on the same project at the same time. But to get everyone online at that same time across multiple time zones and different meeting rooms becomes a logistical nightmare. Luckily, some pretty smart people have come up with a really good solution. My guest today is a creative writer, content marketer, and a strategist who believes in the power of short form messaging both written and video. He's the senior content and digital marketing manager at Calendly, and that's the meeting scheduler that makes this podcast possible. Joining me live today is Adam Lambert. Thanks a lot for joining me today, Adam. Nice to meet you, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, you too. Hello from Atlanta. It was kind of funny, like when, uh, I, when we tried to schedule this time to talk, it, sending you a Calendly link like sending you your product to book sure. a time to chat that must be kind of a weird uh, sensation to have when people are using your product for their everyday activities i don't know if it, it's a bit of a weird sensation but mostly i'm proud of it right <laughs> i get opportunities to legitimately use my product and people use it at me <laughs> yeah so yeah. that's awesome if, if your product is being used in the wild around you, you chances are it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing that you're working on. And recent weeks, man, has caused everyone to reschedule. So we, we are a scheduling tool. If you meet with people outside your organization, we schedule that meeting, right? Calendly does that. There's been so many meetings rescheduled and rescheduled in virtual spaces that we're just seeing a uptick in usage, especially in those virtual spaces, right? Zoom, yeah. go to meeting, Google Hangouts. I was kind of wondering what, if, if you're allowed to really say numbers, but like you would see your usership grow, I assume over the last few weeks as people who maybe have never, ever used any type of video have now had to start figuring out how to get in touch, not only with their work, but with their family and friends. Oh yeah. A ton of people. So I, you're right. I can't share specific numbers. What I can tell you is the ratio of shifting meetings to virtual spaces, spaces as far as scheduling them through Calendly is massive like that ratio has shifted drastically but yeah some of our main verticals of so people call them like customer profiles we're seeing an uptick in usage like in education right a lot of teachers whether it be high school teachers or college students who are graduating this year or have just started college are meeting in virtual spaces they're meeting in zoom rooms so we're seeing a lot of 
with a lot more usage and education. So I would say we've had the most adoption in our own industry, which is SaaS, right? If you're a software company, you have a certain tech stack that enables you to run a software company well. Calendly is becoming part of that tech stack. 86% of the SaaS 1000 use us. Wow, that's pretty significant. So I would say it's clearly a part of the modern company's tech stack. If nine out of 10 companies, big companies are, are using you or, you know, yeah. have people in their organizations scheduling with you. Yeah. And what I think is really crazy too, is there's just so much opportunity. Now that everyone's in the same situation that you need to learn how to do this in order to now be kind of a modern day worker, whether sure. you're remote or not, because this could last for a while. Because the first time you're on a video call, you're probably not very good at it. You don't know when to mute. You don't know when to like jump into a conversation. But now I've been noticing with people I've been chatting with, everyone's gotten really good at video chats. Like everyone shows up on time. Everyone's got their tech set up and they know it, how to right. do it. Um, it takes you four times and then you're a natural. Right? <laughs> Everybody's like got their blue Yetis out and their, their key lights in their own homes. Everyone's um, got the circle light around their thing. So they got the, the good glow. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful pupils, right? <laughs> Professional ph photography pupils. So yeah, that, that is the situation now. Everybody's meeting in these virtual spaces. I mean, it's not, of course, there's situations like mine and yours right now where it's distance. I'm in Georgia, you're in Canada, right? This is how we meet. Te technology enables that. But now everybody's in the situation of, even if I have to meet someone that's three houses down, I still have to do that, yeah. right? I still yeah. have to meet uh, in a Zoom room. Okay, so for your company, you, sure. you saw you saw in the data that there was an increase in usership, and there were some new there were new people coming in, so a lot of onboarding, I assume. How did that? What was the decision making process for your marketing side of things, given the given the uniqueness of the situation, but also the opportunity you guys had as a business? Oh man, I, I think we were in the same situation as everyone else. It just reset everything, right? You, you just go, okay, this is now a new business and a new landscape. There's been some serious landscape shifts. So the first thing we did was the same thing everybody else did, which was just try to orient ourselves. And I'm fortunate enough to work with some really great executives that we have a solid experienced executive team who, who kind of looked around and said, okay, what are, what are leading companies doing right now to help? And then they looked at our usage and said, what are people doing with our product? And they said, okay, people are scheduling in virtual spaces. They decided to give uh, Zoom and GoToMeeting integrations, which were previously paid features, you know, away for free for the time being. And marketing just naturally followed that. The spirit of that gesture was to help our friends and neighbors who are in the same situation we were in. So we just tried to tell people plainly while being sensitive to the situation. You know, you don't want to come across as deaf. We're not trying to sell you these features. You can just use them for now. Because we are. Yeah, and it's becoming an in integral part of keeping people's businesses afloat is, oh, we got to figure out video. And so if you can make yourself part of that tech stack right from the get-go, and, and also people who have done it, kind of encourage them to try out the other deeper features in your product, that's just a great way to get it, get it used, right? Sure. I mean, that's, that's the use case. Calendly is there to set a meeting, right? Or an appointment, a lot of top AEs already know that like they've used Calendly successfully for a couple of years already. And like now it's spreading into their departments, like the VPs buying it for everybody, the whole floor. Yeah. But yeah, now we're all in the situation of where that AE trying to get
get that meeting and we're trying to get it scheduled. It's just an effective way it works. Yeah, it definitely does. It's a very simple solution, right? Like it's, it's just makes count it is. booking work, right? So there's not a whole lot of, of heavy technical explanation here. Do you think that it's harder or it's easier to do the marketing work when it's a simple solution? Okay. I'm biased because I'm a writer. It's always harder to get to a simple thing. If you've ever heard this phrase, some people attribute it to Lincoln, some Mark Twain, but wrote a long letter and said, sorry, I didn't have time to make it any shorter. Right? So the paring down is hard for me as a writer, but I've gotten good now. I'm at a point in my career where my intuition is a lot better for knowing exactly what that message is uh, once it's distilled. Our product is simple, so the messaging has to reflect that for releasing new ones this year that have a little bit more complexity to them, so they might require some more explanation. But it is both, I don't want to cop out and say it's both a challenge and simple, but it depends on who you're talking to, basically. Because like I said, we, we have different customers that use different aspects of us, right? Recruiters use certain aspects, salespeople use certain aspects, educators use others. Yeah. Maybe we can break it down then. What parts of it okay. are complicated currently for you, especially because you're new in the role. Like it's, it's hard to kind of to learn on the fly. What, what is currently, what are you learning the most about as work, you work with this product? The many ways you can use it as part of a sales funnel. It's amazing how creative people have gotten. Like, I, I mean, I know there's certain things that we do naturally in our product, like round Robin, for instance, right? You can do teams in our product and, and, send it out to certain AEs at certain levels or but people have gotten so creative because their business is built around it I've seen one person who used Calendly I mean they built their entire business is Calendly they change your oil in your car they come to you at your office Mm. and it's just they pay for Calendly that's the whole business and then he has employees it's all tied to one calendar that it's color-coded for which employee does what job I've seen people use it all sorts of ways. The most complicated ways are in sales funnels. The simplest ways are people who've just built a little business on the back of it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really cool point too, is that people pay for simplicity in, in logistics just to have those figured out. Just what needs to be where at any given time. That's a huge problem that every business faces, whether they're a physical business or a digital business. That was uh, previously someone's full-time job, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe clearly 20 years ago, but 10 years ago, probably too. Right. Like it, that person had to schedule the employees within the company. Right. Multiple employee logistic, logistical scheduling, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's all, all done. I can pay a hundred bucks a year and get it from Calendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk uh, content marketing a little bit because your user base are very embedded they love the product they keep using it it it's become a a need just a basic business need how are you thinking about content marketing short to earlier points it's just speaking directly to them right so some things we have coming up speak directly to specific roles right so recruiters use calendly a very specific way Salespeople use it in a very specific way for instance I'm arranging an interview if I'm talking to a recruiter, right? I'm setting a meeting if I'm talking to a salesperson. The verb's different, 
So my content marketing, when I'm talking about those specific roles and it's not industries, it's specific roles needs to be different. So that's the way our product breaks down at Calendly anyway. Other products, it, it works by industry. Like I can talk to you as a full industry. This is teams within a different company. I need to be able to talk to different people within the same company and tell them what the use for Calendly is for them. Because it's such a simple product, it has a variety of applications. Mm-hmm. So the content marketing just needs to be specific to the, to the role in this case. That makes a lot of sense. The role specifically, because it, it can, you can overgeneralize it by saying, oh, you're in this industry. And then you never actually address the pain points of that role within that industry. Sure. Like you can work in, I don't know, trucking, right? But if you're a recruiter, I need to talk to you the same as if you're trying to recruit people and you work for the NBA. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm trying to get someone to set an appointment so I can talk to them, so I can phone screen them. That's actually what you're doing day to day. That's what I want to speak to. What, what kind of content are you, is your team putting out? Are you doing organic stuff or paid stuff? So, I mean, we're doing paid search, of course. I would say right now we've just really, to be square, um, ramped up content marketing. I've hired myself and another content marketer at the beginning of the year. And we're just now kind of building that foundation. What questions did you need to ask over the last couple of months to set that foundation so that now you have a solid understanding to now build a content strategy? Oh man, I just needed to listen. That's all you need to do when you get a new job almost for anybody. That, that's the thing I realized that I, did when I, that I didn't do when I was younger that I do now. I would, for lack of, pardon my French, but you, you come into a new job when you're younger and you're full of piss and vinegar and you just want to get started and use the things you know when you come into a job and you have some experience, you just listen to everybody else first. You listen to your customers first. You watch how your salespeople sell first. So I needed to figure out all those organic motions of the business um, before I got started. And then I realized the way our product broke down naturally was by the role in which people used it. That, that's how I figured that out, right? Because Consumer packaged goods, which I've worked in in the past uh, at ad agencies and stuff, they break down by industry, really. I'm selling you this thing to accomplish this thing, you know? I've sold gardening tools before. I know who I'm talking to. I know what they're trying to do. All of them. It's not the same way with Calendly. You're trying to schedule a meeting. What kind of meeting? A haircut? Photography session? It's a variety of things. Yeah. And now that you've got a good, a good grasp of different, different use cases, what is your, your content marketing strategy at this point? Is it going to be video or written content? You're, you're a writer kind of by trait. Is that something you're going to lean into heavily? I'm going to lean into video because that's how the world operates now. That's how attention operates. So even as a copywriter where you're taught in the first six months of copywriting is um, AIDA, attention, interest, decision, action. It's kind of a little schema. It's like always be closing schema or whatever for salespeople. <laughs> and people always skip the first one <laughs> for some reason. That's what you figure out in agencies. That's why people come to agencies is because they say, well, we've been telling everybody that we have this product for years and nobody hears us. So it's, you haven't got anybody's attention yet. Right. So that's the thing people skip and forget. I'm starting with video because I want your attention first. 
and I can communicate a thing to you quickly. If you pass that relevancy test, I'll get you to read. And I'm saying that as a writer. And basically all this now, the, the reason I'm biased towards video is transcription is so easy now. And if you think Google is just crawling this text, you're wrong. They own YouTube. YouTube, the second biggest search engine in the world is not Yahoo, it's YouTube. So they're listening to transcripts just the same and we'll be able to crawl those with the same efficacy within a year, if not sooner. Wow. I never thought of that. That's uh, it's, it's so true. Like I, I use an editor that is a transcription and it, it transcribes a 40 minute podcast in, a, in less than a minute. It's unbelievable. Right. And so you do video first, you pull the text from that. You can post the text under it if you want. You get the same SEO, but it, it'll be there for the video sooner rather than later. No, it's super, it's super true. And so what platform, like what platforms are you thinking about video on? Is this going to be, um, like YouTube or using shorter form stuff for, for Instagram and whatever other kind of instantaneous kind of content sites? Sure. I think we'll definitely uh, use organic on social. We have pretty good engagement on, on Facebook and, and uh, Twitter. We have a really good engagement on LinkedIn. So I think if we did anything paid, that's where we do it. But mostly, yeah, just putting it up there on, on YouTube. Make it easy for people to share. How do you share videos? You copy a YouTube link. I don't know. That, that's how you win is you just follow the organic processes of what everybody's doing already. So if we go paid, I think we'd go paid and do LinkedIn targeted at job roles. I think if otherwise, we're just going to put it out there organically and hope recruiters share it with other recruiters. But to your question, I, I suppose promotion videos, promotional videos are going to be shorter. We're going to those probably clock at 30 seconds, sub 30 seconds. Organic videos will probably be 90 I would say not much longer than 90 even. Yeah. We're still earning that audience on, on social. Calendly is, is still a startup. It's just one that's caught fire because once people, if I use it to schedule with you, then you go through the process. You've, you've been introduced. So mm -hmm. the, yeah, the inherent of, virality, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a, huge, a huge benefit of the design of your product is it's got built-in built-in virality like you need to use it in order to get a meeting with someone who uses it absolutely that's no accident right our, our ceo like he, he built some businesses that didn't didn't work before this so that's one reason i was really keen to come to work for the guys because he'd failed before and he's this is a really considered SaaS business calendly it's on the front end right of everything it's scheduling and it's really simple and it's inherently viral. All those things are purposeful, I imagine. This has been really helpful for me to understand a little bit more about, yeah, kind of the mechanics of what makes a, a viral product. Because that that's something that I've noticed is it seemed very purposeful. Every part of the product kind of plays into the idea of, wow, that was easy, wasn't it? And then the person who used it was like, well, yeah, it was easy, actually. Like, I hate going back to the old way of doing this. So that's just very interesting to hear the, the, the whole package and how it allows it to spread by, by people using it. Sure. So yeah, I would encourage people to ask those questions when you're applying for jobs. If, if you're in the SaaS industry and you're job shopping now, which a lot of people are in that position, 
look around, apply to places for software you use, you know, look at software that's easy, that people brag about, that has really good reviews, you know, just those things that are true at the base, at the core level will make for a lot of success for your career and for the company you're going to work for. Yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. Sh- shifting gears a little bit, you've got some history of, of poetry. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, so I started reading and writing poetry in undergrad. I took a class called Literary Heritage, where I had to read a bunch. I, I hated English in high school, and I was good at science, so that's what I was sticking with. But I, I took this class. I really liked the professor. She and I just had a good rapport, so I took more of her classes I wound up graduating with an English degree. I went to school in England for a year, my last year of undergrad, and studied American and British poetry over there. I came back and and got an MFA, my master's in fine arts and poetry from the University of Montana. So I actually was really into poetry and writing. The way that translates into content marketing and advertising, like I got into being a copywriter because I just met another other poet at a big conference in Seattle and he had written a he was an accomplished poet and had uh, connections through Wyden and Kennedy one of the big big ad agencies he had written a commercial that had just basically got him a salary for that year and I was like oh man I want to do that well that's not how copywriting works but I was excited about it and it turns out that the potency of language that you're trying to accomplish in poetry translates really well to the tagline and the attention grabbing that you have to do as a copywriter. So that was kind of my conduit into marketing. And then I just liked the succinct messaging that had to be done for business. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, uh, copywriting is kind of like applied poetry. Sure. You could definitely say that. So, a poet is taken, and, and this is really a pretentious and city minstrel guy, but poetry is like observing society or a basket of fruit or whatever it is you're writing about. You have to be a context master of whatever it is you're talking about. Copywriting is the same application. So you just have to know the context of everything. That's why it's really important to keep your marketing team and your writers and stuff in the loop so they don't say anything that seems way off you know if executives say like why did why would we ever say that that just means your writer didn't have enough context so communication's poor but yeah it's it's a direct it is applied poetry (laughs) how do you now that you're kind of in a now that you have a team with you how do you make sure that all your team has the right context before they go start to work on a marketing a marketing activity just talk out loud about it that, that's what you have to do is just have conversations to make sure there are so many times in my work now that somebody will tell me something or have, have a ask a request, tell me a situation, offer me a deliverable and I'll restate it to them. You know, you don't always get a paper brief uh, as it turns out in the real world. So I, I just go, okay, so I'm clear. You want me to do this. Here's the situation. This goes, this happens Friday, but it's okay if it's here Monday you just restate things to people. You just have conversations to get the context and don't be afraid to talk to someone a click or two above you 
right? If you need to ask an executive a question, go do that, right? Be clear. They want you to be clear, right? The owner of the restaurant wants to know if your steak's not done right. You get what I'm saying? So it's the same situation. The CEO or the, your head of products wants to know exactly what you're going to say about this product launch. Right. In a leadership position, they've got the whole company's future planned out, but they may have never vocalized it to anyone else. And so by you asking more questions, getting more context about where the company is going rather than just right this moment in time, we need a couple of Facebook ads right away. Right. If you, you need to have That's- that context of where you're going because it's not just a piece of content right now. That's building into a larger story that moves the company's image forward. That's really well said. So on top of clarifying someone telling you something, if someone's excited about an idea, ask them for their vision. That's something I got from a mentor at my last job in Utah was he would constantly say, okay, that's awesome. I'm glad you're excited for this idea. What's the vision, right? And that makes you take it okay, here's three steps into this thing. And then you go, okay, all right, you've thought this out, do it. You know, I think you, you just need to feel empowered, like just assume you're made until you're not, you know? But as far as staying in communication, know that context, get someone's vision for something if it's not your own first, and then clarify, always yeah. clarify. Oh, that's great. What do you think are some tips people can take away that can increase the level of communication with video? Because it's just by the nature of it, slightly less than having an in-person conversation. You can't pick up on the nuances as much. You can't see maybe if someone's confused by your ask or what your vision is. Do you have any, have you seen any creative ways or know of any tips for continuing that same level of communication, but now that we're all working remotely? Ooh, that's a really good question. To your point, probably keep your video on, right? I know that's tough and everybody doesn't want to comb their hair this week and this is hard and we're all getting a little depressive, but yeah, if I can see your face and and you raise an eyebrow, like it's important to have that communication, right? That sort of, I can see my audience real time uh, um, because you, you, otherwise you'd miss that nonverbal communication. So I would say, yeah, keeping your video up is a pretty good tip, <laughs> even though it was your tip. <laughs> no, it, it, honestly, it, it makes such a difference. Even my, your engagement in the meeting, if you have your video off, you're not, you're, you're 20% in that meeting. But as soon as your video is on, you, you're, 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 you've got some stake in the game because I can see what you're doing. Right. Yep. You definitely you got skin in the game. If you're staring down the barrel of a yeah. meeting, you're correct. <laughs> We're all afraid of that uh, little green dot now. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Awesome, Adam. Thanks a lot. And so right now, Calendly's got some free offerings to integrate with some of the more popular video communicate video platforms that uh, are being yes, used sir. right now. Yeah. So. Previously, our Zoom integration and GoToMeeting integrations were premium features. They were paid. We've made those free for the time being. So while everyone schedules and reschedules and meets in these virtual spaces, Google Hangouts has been free. But now if you use Zoom, if you use GoToMeeting, those are free for the time being. So schedule with Calendly. It's really simple to create a Calendly. All you're doing is tying it to your availability in your own calendar, and you're giving the scheduling power over to your friends and neighbors that you would be scheduling with. 
Awesome. It's how this podcast is possible. So I couldn't recommend it enough and uh, give, Adam, give Adam a shout if you uh, enjoy using Calendly as well. Uh, good place to find you is on LinkedIn, eh? Yes, sir. LinkedIn slash N slash Adam C. Lambert. And you can create a Calendly online at Calendly.com. Right on, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Of course, Stuart. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, then you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to topofmind.substack.com and put in your email, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content inspired by this show. So there's going to be candid audio recordings that aren't going to be available anywhere else, not on Spotify, not on Apple, nowhere else except on topofmind.substack.com. But that's not it. It's also a platform where I can share written content, videos, links, and anything else that I come across directly with you. You're going to get access to it right away. You're going to get access to the whole library of archived posts. And you're also going to be the first to be notified when a new episode of Top of Mind comes out. So head on over to topofmind.substack.com. See you there. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.